0: Hello there, welcome to episode 15 of Nevermind the Bullens, my name is Mike Peters, this is your bite-sized Everton vodcast and podcast uh, and you know I think i picked a good time to start doing this as a video because I've been doing all these ones with a smile on my face, uh, especially after uh, last night's uh, 5-2 win against Fleetwood in the Carabao Cup, so that's three goals, four goals, uh, sorry three goals, five goals and five goals we scored in our last three games. First time we've had back-to-back uh, 5-2 wins in the club's history, the first time we've we've scored five goals in consecutive games since 1964 and the first time we've won our first four domestic games of a season since 1978-79 stat busting left, right and centre and a thoroughly deserved win as well uh, Joey Barton sort of saying that 5-2 flattered Everton I don't think he did That some of the football we played in the first half was absolutely scintillating and yes you, the caveat will always be well it's only Fleetwood and they're in League 1 but the simple fact of it is it's about keeping that pace and that intensity going that we've seen in the two league games so far, and we've kept that despite the you know significant changes in personnel. Um, obviously, rotating the squad, getting game you know minutes in players' legs, uh, and getting game time for all these players as well, all the squad players. Keeping that intensity and keeping that shape and that energy and that focus has been really, really important. Um, and long may it continue. Uh, firstly, I've got to say well done to Alex Iwobi I thought he was absolutely outstanding last night and there's a sentence because I've given him some jip on this podcast Uh, and rightly so I think with some with absolute justification over the last few months but he was superb last night another very very impressive performance from Niels and Konku as well um and, you know, I think obviously he was originally brought in to be a member of the under-23 squad, but I think we've seen more than enough to, to, to say that he could ably deputise for, for Luca Dean if he was ever out for any sort of period. And I have to say, the, the, the comparison with Gareth Bale, I know he's only played two games, and I know that's a massive sort of leap in terms of a comparison to make, but you look at Gareth Bale and how he started as a left-back, and he struggled at Tottenham when he was initially a left-back. And it was only when he was pushed into further, more advanced positions that he became the player that obviously you know, went for a world-record transfer fee and one of the highest played players in the world and won multiple Champions Leagues and all that, Real and Madrid and everything else. But I, I'd see that in inkonku because I, I don't see a reason why we couldn't play him on the left-hand side of a, a midfield as a left winger, really, uh, at this point, because you know if we wanted to get him in the team, his attacking threat is so massive or has been um, that why wouldn't we have? you know consider using him in a, a more forward thinking position as we did to a degree with with Djibril Sidibé last year on the other side where he was actually better going forward than than arguably he was defensively uh, alex wolby though just to get back to him for a minute what really impressed me ab- about him was that he was constantly in the game uh, his passing was good his energy was good he was wanted to be involved and particularly how ha- when he came inside and the same with bernard as well and that was that was interesting for me as well bernard's performance um that I thought well, there's a real alternative uh, to, to Andre Gomez in terms of he wants to be more involved in the game essentially he said that, he's made that clear and I think he, we've now got options if we want to continue to play that kind of 4-3-3 formation that we've been playing uh, so far uh, and Alex Iwobi obviously capped it off with a much deserved goal and that lovely assist for Richarlison's second goal, um, was marginally disappointed with Gilfie Sigurdsson's uh, performance, he didn't quite get in the game maybe as much as he might have wanted to do uh, but was really impressed with Anthony Gordon again when he came on and great to see him you know, banging on Carlo Ancelotti's door and saying "Well, why aren't I in the team boss? Um, that's really good to see and Carlo has obviously uh, encouraged that. Obviously the one uh, blot on the landscape was Jordan Pickford's performance and that did affect the game because I know uh, Cairns made an excellent save for them right on the stroke of half time from Dominic calvert lewin which would have put the game out of sight but as soon as we conceded a couple of really soft goals and he was at fault for both of them although I will say that for the second goal uh, the player that put the cross in wasn't quick enough, it wasn't closed down at all and certainly not quickly enough, so he had loads of time to put that ball into the back post which was then nodded back, but I think Jordan Pickford could have come and claimed that ball, but he was sort of so, uh, his mind was so scrambled obviously after the after the first goal, which was just rubbish you know, you've just got to know your times and just absolutely hoof it, if you, you stick it in you know, row, row Z 50 yards away from your goal, well you're still 50 yards away from your goal, don't fanny around with it in your in your own penalty area, in your own six-yard box when you've got two players bearing down on you. Um, and it, I think it just proves again what we've said for some time, or certainly what I've been saying for some time, is that he needs some serious competition. Somebody really pushing him to be, you know, to challenge him for the number one spot. And we've not really had that. I mean, we had Martin Stecklenberg there, but he wasn't really challenging him. And it's really interesting to see that we were linked with uh, Jasper Chilison uh, from Valencia. Although, I, I you know, the fact that he's being talked about with regards to £30 million, to me, I don't think that's a, a goal at all. But we, I would like us to get some really good quality Premier League uh, cover in before the... Um, before the transfer window closes uh, in a week or so's time. Um, I think it's the 5th of October it closes, isn't it? So we've got about 10 days or so to get that. Equally to get some defensive covering, because I don't really want to see Luca Dean deployed as a centre-half. It's just not that I don't think... Luca Dean's obviously a quality player, but I'm just concerned about his height, particularly uh, in the Premier League, or lack of thereof. Um, so we do need to get another, another player in. And... Um, who that might be. Obviously, for Kayo Tomori, uh, that all seems to have cooled, uh, being linked with Jean-Claire T- Tadebo from Barcelona. Don't know much about him, but, you know, you don't get to play for Barcelona if you're a bad player, do you? So, you know, that's um, definitely one we can one we can look at. Uh, also, interestingly, and I've said this repeatedly before about uh, Tom Davis, uh, that he's been very heavily linked with a season-long loan move to Southampton. Um I think that's a good move. I think he can fill that void for them uh, that Hoiberg uh, has, has left, now he's disappeared off to Tottenham. And also it would give Tom Davis a consistent run of games in uh, a Premier League team who we know uh, are, are you know renowned for coaching players and coaching them well. the amount of players they've brought through their youth system uh, down the years. Uh, and I think that would be really, really beneficial for him. And, and ultimately, Everton will be the beneficiaries because we're either going to get a better player back in 12 months' time or we're going to end up you know, if he decides he wants to stay there or some other club comes in for him, uh, who knows what happens, you know, football's a funny old game, as the saying goes, that we'd end up with a, with a decent transfer fee if he if he uh, performs well this season. So I actually think that's probably a good move for him uh, with obviously Fabian Delph and Benny Beningame knocking around as well. I think he is at that stage of his career where he needs games. Uh, just a word as well on... Um, on uh, the uh, sort of change in the, the situation in terms of COVID, I know I've seen people who have got their season tickets this week, and I was uh, speaking to speaking to my brother actually, uh, who uh, last night and, and sort of discussing. I actually I said actually the first time out loud. I don't think we'll see a game at Goodison this season. But of course, the issue here is that we, where this frustration is is that I think obviously football is important for people, not just from. It's something that we've always done, but in terms of your mental health, to be able to go and do something that you're used to doing, and I don't see how going to a football ground, albeit in limited numbers, I'm not expecting them to allow 40, 50, 60,000 people into stadiums, but to go and be able to do that, how is that any more dangerous than going into a pub or a restaurant when you know football stadiums are essentially in the open air? I know they're covered, but they're still open air, um, so I don't understand how that is, you know, that that sort of determination was made. Surely there's restrictions and it's easy to socially distance you just say you sit in that seat, that seat, that seat. And I would much rather have the opportunity to be at Goodison once every three games or something like that rather than to imagine not being there at all. Um, so... I guess for the time being until, you know, such time as that changes. And it's certainly not going to change before uh, New Year. You know, we're looking, could be March, you know, which would be a a neat sort of bookend. It would be 12 months since we would last been in the ground that we'll potentially get back in there. But who knows? It's just very, very disappointing when, you know, we want to see these players, Decore and Allen, and playing such wonderful football. And we want to be there to show our support and experience that, you know, live rather than sat in our living rooms, uh, watching it on the telly. Um, so hopefully the situation will, will change in the uh, not-too-distant future and all we can do is, is keep our fingers crossed. We're you know, we're to turn lot to Mr. Evertonians, aren't we? Uh, On to Saturday then, uh, before we obviously get into the next round of the Carabao Cup. Next week against uh, West Ham at Goodison, and that's definitely another winnable game So I don't think that's going to be uh, West Ham's priority this season by any stretch of the imagination. But a sort of top-of-the-table clash against Crystal Palace. Now, who would have thought that that would be a thing? But it is. Uh, they've had an excellent start to the season. Obviously, we're in terrific form as well, and it's going to be a really, really good game. And hopefully, we'll come out on top. I just think we've got too much of them. As much as, you know, Zaha's playing well, Townsend, they've got some good players in that in that team. But I think we've got just a bit too much of them. So our next episode will be on uh, Saturday after the Palace game, uh, Saturday tea time. Uh, until then, you can get in touch via at nmtbpod or nmtbpod at gmail.com. But until then... Come on you blues.